It's a funny place to be, stuck in a seemingly mundane world with an inner knowing that the universe is so much more than our mortal minds can comprehend. Yet we all have the capacity to know peace and our oneness with the wholeness of life. And through these interviews, discussions, and reflections, it is my intention to share this possibility. I'm Ryan Kurzak, and this is the Kriya Yoga Podcast. So the question we have to consider is, are you ready for Kriya Yoga practice? And the reason we need to discuss this, because we're at that time of year again when individuals are applying for the Kriya Yoga Apprenticeship Program. And those of you who don't know about that program, you can go to kriyayogaonline.com, kriyayogaonline.com, and you'll see a tab that takes you to a description of the two-year Kriya Yoga Apprenticeship Program, the online program. But we're about that time where people are going to begin thinking about this and applying because I do require uh, that individuals have been meditating for at least six months before uh, participating in this program. But the other reason this comes up is because uh, during a series of classes, um, one of the students from the current Kriya Yoga Apprenticeship Program asked me a question. And it was based upon the uh, talk or discussion uh, about the first line in the Yoga Sutras, which essentially says, and now instruction in yoga practice, and now instruction in yoga practice. That line seems very innocuous when you first read it as an introduction to the Yoga Sutras, which is the prime text related to uh, how to practice the philosophy of Kriya Yoga. But there's meaning in that. And that meaning essentially tells us that some preparation has been done in order to get to where one is. Uh, just like if someone's going to go into a, a PhD or a master's program. They've completed their high school education. They've completed their uh, college or university curriculum. And now they're ready to go deeper to study things. And the same is true for um, an intensive spiritual practice like Kriya Yoga. There is a requirement, uh, a certain level of maturity that will help one get the most out of this. Um, and I, you've heard me say, and I, I encourage this even with the Kriya Yoga Apprenticeship Program, that this is not a path, as Yogananda said, it's not a path of escapism, uh, nor is it a path that's indicated to serve for you as a type of healing or, or remedy for psychological troubles. Um, but anyway, this individual who wrote to me uh, kind of caught on to that and sent a very um, self-reflective, self-honest uh, email saying that you know, after I thought about it more and I considered what my motivation was in learning Kriya Yoga and meditation, uh, I always had this idea that that's what was going to resolve my childhood traumas or deal with my psychological complexes and uh, he went on to say that he considered that wasn't well, isn't, isn't everyone who isn't realized aren't they all dealing with some kind of uh, anxiety or depression or psychological hang-up and or addiction of some sort whether it be to a a drug or a person or an ideal or 
social media, and that's true. And even people who have had experiences uh, being realized, their personality might still be working out their quirks and idiosyncrasies. Uh, so what do we do if yoga is not about clearing those things out? Well, Kriya Yoga and Meditation E, authentic spiritual practice, is about giving you direct insights and experience into who and what you truly really are. Um, again, as you may know, and you might do this as well, many people think, oh, yoga, it's going to help calm me down, it's going to balance my hormones, therefore I will eventually be happy and calm and clear. Um, but that's also like saying, oh, well, yoga, uh, it's going to make it so that I know how to successfully run a business well, or it's going to give me the capacity to have healthy relationships all the time. Well, that's not true. There are, are certain formulas, there are certain principles that everything has. For example, having healthy relationships. There's a kind of principle or formula that while everyone's different, how you relate to each one, each person is different, there is a certain level of respect uh, maturity and understanding that goes into having a healthy relationship, no matter what the outer circumstances. Um, when it comes to having a, a successful business within the world, something that you can offer to the world, well, yes, inspiration might be helpful and your bliss might be helpful, but there's still a particular kind of pattern or a recipe that if you follow that, you're probably going to have a successful ability to interact with the world as a business owner or as someone who can offer a service to the world. And too many people have a, a bit of magical thinking around uh, this idea of yoga. And yoga itself, um, traditionally, you had already gone through uh, the stages of educating yourself, having relationships, um, contributing to the world. Then you would retire from the world and practice yoga, which kind of indicates that you have a certain level baseline of wisdom there. Um, so are you ready to practice Kriya Yoga? Are you ready to practice meditation? Well, you are if you have the time, the interest, and the maturity to curiously explore what is shared and grow from it. If you are approaching the practice uh, because you are unhappy or because life isn't going your way and you've... Uh, gotten this idea in your head that just getting right with God is going to make it all work out, you're going to be in for a, a long haul of disappointment or denial <laughs> one way or the other. Um, so to follow up with that, the reason I wanted to do this talk, this video is because the, the individual who inspired this, who, who, um, who wrote to me, um, had been studying for a while. Uh, had been a participant within the Kriya Yoga Apprenticeship Program uh, halfway through year two. And they thought, well, should I, should I just stop doing what I'm doing now that I see that, yeah, I, there is a lot I need to work on. There is a lot of an internal uh, stuff that I was assuming yoga was going to work out for me, but maybe working with a professional counselor might do a better job in the long run. So it was very self-honest, very self-reflective. And um, in that kind of situation, that doesn't mean that you, you stop meditating or that you stop studying uh, the philosophy. You can do those things. It's The difference is now you're just getting, you're putting things where they need to be. Meaning, now you know, oh, well, if I need to work through some of these psychological dynamics, um, 
I need to talk with a professional who knows how to do that, who can work with me and navigate those areas of the mind or the body, because I do prefer and recommend body-centered therapies like EMDR and things of that nature. That's going to be great, because that's going to address the issue. Um, but the person can still meditate and explore the philosophy, just do it as more of um, a practice for relaxation or the health benefits or studying the philosophy, don't do it because you think it's going to uh, contribute to your self-directed exorcism or self-directed psychoanalysis. You do it because you're interested in it, because you find it fascinating to read the philosophy. It's more of a curious, it's curiosity, it's more light, it's more enjoyable. More than likely the person or anyone who approaches it this way is going to get more out of it because they're going to be um, exploring it from a sense of deeper, clear inspiration and freedom rather than uh, attributing it to the capacity to clear out any uh, underlying darkness or misperception that might be there. Uh, and this just makes sense if you think about it. Uh, for example, uh, if you want to be clean and smell good and um, bathed, well, you don't sit there and think, if I just meditate or do my yoga postures long enough, then for some reason my body is going to start emitting um, the fragrance of flowers. And I don't have to bathe anymore. No, you get up and you take a shower because that's how you keep the body clean. <laughs> it has nothing to do with yoga in the sense of uh, the deeper philosophies or practices. It's just how you do it. Uh, if you need a home to live in so that you can be warm and dry so that you can meditate well without the distraction of bugs biting you and uh, cold weather making you have to go look for firewood all the time, well, you're sitting there meditating is not going to do that learning how to get a job and pay your bills and be responsible is. Um, and then, and then now, and then you can say, and now we're ready for practice of yoga because you've taken care of these distractions. So you can go sit down and you can turn your awareness within and not be distracted by these other things. Uh, so you are ready for yoga practice. If you are clear on what yoga does, what Kriya Yoga does, uh, if you are clear on the understanding that as an expression in this world through a body, a mind, and personality of this, this infinite consciousness, you're still going to have to take care of things like your, your mental hygiene, your psychological hygiene, just like you take care of the hygiene of your body. And by taking care of your mental and psychological hygiene and taking care of the hygiene of your body, uh, which will keep you from getting skin infections and these sorts of things so you're not distracted by rashes and so on, by taking care of your mental and psychological hygiene, well, you're, you're eliminating a lot of those things that when you try to meditate, if you haven't dealt with those, they're going to come up and they're going to reveal themselves to you and you're going to say, oh, meditation, it's, it's disturbing. Well, it's only disturbing if you haven't worked through some of these inner psychological complexes you have. And meditation can be a good adjunct to working through those things because it can give you the awareness to recognize them. Oh, well, there's that. Okay. Just go back to meditation and focus on our, our given techniques. And then when it's time, I'll go talk to my counselor and my therapist and we'll, and we'll just clear this out. We'll deal with it. Uh, so everything has its place. And even if you don't make it to the point yet of, of deep, profound contemplations, uh, but yet you are doing what is required to work out your mental, psychological, emotional hygiene, that is part of your Kriya Yoga practice. Because that's 
creating the space for the ability for clear realizations to come forward without having all your weirdness pop out. I mean, why do you think in spiritual circles there are so many crazy ideas? I mean, aside from conspiracy theorists and um, just people making weird stuff up, uh, if you if you step back and you're a halfway rational person, <laughs> you're going to see all kinds of interesting ideas. And where do they come from? Is it from uh, the pure teaching tradition of, of yoga? Uh, probably not. Many of the texts that I have read, such as the Yoga Sutras, the Bhagavad Gita, the Sistas Yoga, Ashtavakra Gita, and so on, those are very direct and to the point. There's no fantasy in there. Very little, if any. Um, and that's because uh, the sages who have uh, tapped into those works or, or explored those works, they've already worked out their, as best they can, their mental, emotional quirks of the personality. Now, when they interact with the world, when you interact with the world, you're still going to have your quirks. But the issue is you're not going to be identifying with them. You're not going to be saying, this is me. And so you, you cling to it. So you know you're ready to practice Kriya Yoga if you are um, fairly mentally, emotionally calm and stable. Or if most of the time you have that, that stability, but you are aware enough to know when you need assistance, when you need to talk to someone else, when you need the professional guidance of someone who has studied the science and procedures of dealing with uh, mental, emotional, and psychological hygiene. Because then you can do your work, and, and if an issue arises within your practice, you're not going to sit there and try to power through it through deeper concentration. You're going to recognize, let's just go get cleaned up. Let's just go get some help. And then that's taken care of, and when you come back to your meditation, it's much easier. Because then that distraction is there. And that's going to be true through life as you live your life. Even if you were the clearest, most serene, peaceful, aware person, life is going to happen. Uh, things are going to not go your way sometimes, and sometimes even terribly. And you're still going to possibly need a community around you to help you get through it. That could be friends. It could be family if they know how to deal with those things. Um, but it could also be you know, talking to someone to help you through grief of loss or separation or dealing with certain anxieties or fears. That's the place for that. Yoga and meditation, the place for that is once you're able to let go of that and turn your awareness within and contemplate the essence of your being, higher realities. And it's much easier to do that when you're not distracted by a bunch of emotional and mental psychological baggage. Um, the example I always give, and many of you are probably tired of hearing me say it, um, when we look at the, uh, the, the practices of yoga and, and meditation and, and what they're aiming to do, which is wake you up to the, the clearest aspect of your consciousness possible, uh, many people, again, treat it as like a, a healing modality. Um, but the essence of it is to comprehend and process something unimaginable <laughs> and it's like trying out for the olympics there are people who can try out for the olympics and, and who can be an olympian who who have developed such a level of uh skill in their chosen uh field of endeavor that they can go and try out for the olympics and even if they don't win they're still they've done a lot uh well the higher practices of yoga, which Kriya Yoga is intending to reveal, it's like that. 
and you don't go try out for the Olympics if you've just gotten through a car crash and your arms twisted and broken and, and you can't walk on your ankles and one of your ribs is punctured. You just don't do that. What's the steps that you do? if you want to be an Olympian and you're in that situation, what do you do? You don't say, well, trying to practice being an Olympian, that's what's going to do it for me. No, that's like saying if you've got a lot of weird psychological quirks or traumas that you have to work through, really going to the top-notch practices of yoga, that's going to that's going to resolve all those things. No, if you want to be an Olympian and you're in that situation, you do what it takes to heal your body first so that you can be strong, so that you can even try to train to try out for something like the Olympics. The same is true for your spiritual practice. Um, it is true that spirituality is for everyone. Yes, everyone, uh, everyone deserves to have access to uh, spiritual practices, spiritual ideas and spiritual philosophies which will support them. Um, that is a given. But to think that um, anyone can realize uh, certain levels of clarity without doing the work required to get there, I'm sorry if you believe that, and uh, I can just imagine the, the criticism that's going to come from those of you who do believe that. Uh, well, I don't have to imagine it, I've seen it. Uh, but if you if you feel that way, that's just as delusional as thinking someone can just never have trained in their life and go try out for the Olympics and win a gold medal for their country. And it's not about um, prestige or position or um, ego enhancement that, that I'm saying this. Not, not that those people are special. Uh, they're not special in that they are different from you and me. They're special in that they dedicated their time and their attention and did the hard work to experience it. So the specialness isn't just an innate thing, like they are better than you or me. It's that they just decided to commit to a practice and do what was required beforehand to set up the situation and the foundation so that they had the capacity to do that. Because what happens what happens to, to so many people who, who get involved in meditation and yoga when they first sit down to meditate, they'll have numerous pleasant, good experiences because they're teaching themselves to relax. And if an individual is stressed out or um, doesn't know how to deal with certain kinds of stress, it's going to feel good. And of course it's going to feel like a, a spiritual experience. But all that's happening there is they're just they're getting a break. <laughs> that's what's happening there. They're getting a break from their mind, their emotions, life, and those sorts of things. But eventually, once they get good at that, they're going to start hitting walls where... Um, if there are certain traumas or anxieties or, or weird ideas they haven't dealt with, they're going to come up. And um, if they don't have a, a, the skill sets to work through them or they don't have someone to work through them, they're going to start to get a little more disturbed sometimes, depending on what they're dealing with. Or if it's not disturbing, it'll lead them down paths of fantasy where they're, they're thinking things are real or true, which really are just kind of um, stalling them out in the process. So the path of yoga and meditation is one of uh, intense awareness, intense self-awareness, not the ego self-awareness, but what you really are self-awareness. And sometimes that requires uh, a broader understanding of how the mind, emotions, and psychology are really functioning. But once you get that understanding, then you're able to really go into yoga because you can step back and recognize, well, that's not me. And I can let go of those for a little bit while I contemplate the essence of my being, while I contemplate what I consider to be the nature of God, to, to expand my mind and consciousness to realize that. But if you are bogged down by all kinds of fears and anxieties and depressions and 
internal distractions, it's going to be really hard for you to do that. So again, um, whether or not you are ready, as it says in the Yoga Sutras, and now uh, practice in yoga, and now instruction in yoga, that really depends upon what is the baseline of your life. Um, are you fairly well put together? Do you have the capacity to let go of distractions? Do you have uh, the mental, emotional capacity to recognize fantasies or delusions you might have and let them go? And can you do that in a fairly peaceful fashion? If so, wonderful. If that's not so, it doesn't mean you don't meditate. It doesn't mean you don't study yogic philosophy. It just means that you attend to those things with someone who's a professional or skilled in that area so that as you meditate and as you study, you're working it out. Uh, just like someone who wants to be an Olympian, as they're healing, as their body is healing, um, they can learn, well, what kind of exercises will I need to do once my body is healed? Uh, what, what kind of routines do these Olympians have so that they can be that successful um, and win the gold medal for their country? So while, while the person is healing, they can be doing other work, which is figuring out, all right, and that way when they're ready to go, they're ready to go. They're ready to hit it. So keep this in mind as you consider, number one, are you ready for uh, an intensive meditation or Kriya Yoga practice? Uh, number two, just be very honest with yourself about what you might need to do to clean yourself up uh, internally, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, to grow to a level of maturity and recognize that it's all part of the process. So you're not wasting any time, nor are you behind in any way. You're just starting where you are at, and all of us start there. It just so happens that some of us might have started there 30 years ago, but they started there 30 years ago, and they started to do the work, and now they're a little bit different space in regards to what they understand and realize. But everyone starts basically in the same place whether it's in this lifetime or theoretical other lifetimes, they all start in the same place. The issue is, are you starting with the proper understanding of what you're getting into and what is required such what is required to build a foundation for that such that um, uh, you can do it well? And uh, for those of you who've been practicing for a while, if you want to do some self-analysis and review, we'll just go back to the basics, the foundation of yoga, which is the yamas and niyamas. You can search that out if you don't know what they are, which I hope you do. Um, you can study them in uh, the book Kriya, Kriya Yoga, Continuing the Lineage of Enlightenment. That's a commentary on the Yoga Sutras that I've written. And if you can go through the list of them, Okay, well, how good am I at practicing contentment? How good am I at, at being able to practice non-possessiveness, harmlessness, truthfulness, um, conserving my vital resources? Just go through those one by one. And if you have difficulty with one of those, well, that can indicate some work that needs to be done so that you are ready for deeper practices of meditation. Because as, as Patanjali has said, as Sri Yukteswar has said, those yamas and niyamas, those restraints and positive actions they form the foundation, the basis for all of it. So you got to start with the basics because if you get those down, you will be able to sit still and meditate better, which means you will be able to practice pranayama better, which means you will more easily be able to internalize your awareness, which means you will be able to more easily meditate and concentrate and focus, which will make it easier for you to experience a samadhi or oneness state, have that kind of realization. All of this goes together and I would. I was very happy to get this email from um, this Kriya Yoga 
uh, apprenticeship participant because it was heartfelt and it was honest about where they were. And I wish more people would take the time to pull back and say, well, are there things that, that I, I could be looking at um, that are getting in my way of really absorbing um, this practice? And that's kind of what it's like. It's, it's how good are you at absorbing the practice? Um, if you're a sponge, it, are, your, are the little cells of your sponge all clogged up so it can't absorb any of the water around it? Or is it, is it a clean sponge so that the water, the ocean, can flow through it easily? And many people come to yoga and they're all plugged up with, like I said, traumas, psychological complexes, uh, strange ideas and delusions. And so while they, they are getting, they are immersing themselves in the ocean of uh, yoga and Kriya Yoga and meditation, but it's not really penetrating because there's, there's so much within the cells that are blocking that absorption. And the clearer we become on all levels, um, the easier it tends to work for us. And the more natural it tends to happen. They say that uh, what, what yoga practice does, it simply removes the obstacles to uh, higher realizations. So it doesn't cause anything. It doesn't make anyone more spiritual than they are. It just removes the realization of what they truly are. Or it doesn't remove the realization. It removes the obstacles to the realization of what they truly are. So anything you do that can remove those obstacles to the realization of what you really are that is your Kriya Yoga practice. So that is your Kriya Yoga practice. Whether, whether it is working with a counselor, whether it's learning to exercise so your body is healthy enough to sit up straight and breathe deeply without distracting you, um, whether it is uh, managing your relationships so that they're not always draining you and pulling you away from your higher purposes, uh, that's going to take work. And it's, sometimes it's dirty and it's messy, but that's also part of what it means to practice and be a Kriya Yogi so that you can free your awareness to contemplate higher things or go deeper into internalizing your awareness through things like pratyahara, internalization of awareness. Uh, please consider this, and this is not uh, to dissuade anyone from practicing. I just want to see you have the best possible uh, beginning that you can. So start where you are and recognize that there might be some work you need to do and the only final thing I would say about that is uh, be realistic about it. Uh, you don't want to become dependent on counselors and therapists because too many people turn their digging into their karma and their past into a hobby. And then the more you dig, the more you're going to find, basically. There's no end to karma, meaning if you keep looking for karma, you're going to keep finding karma. But you pay attention to those things which are consistently kind of getting in your way of, of doing what you know you need to do for your practice. Work those things out. Let the rest go. And if you can do that, um, you will find that as the months and years go by, that uh, your life becomes uh, a really wonderful expression of your spiritual practice and your spiritual understanding. And it becomes easy for you. And you also recognize that doing the, the, the dirty, boring, mundane work of managing your life, your mind and your emotions, you recognize that that's also part of the process. Just like when you're gardening, getting rid of the pests and um, digging up the weeds, that's not what you want to do in your garden all day long. You want to see the beautiful flowers and you want to uh, enjoy the vegetables that come at the end of the season. But in order to do that, you still got you still got to fertilize, you still got to uh, till the soil, you still got to get rid of the pests, you still got to manage the weeds. That's part of the whole process and 
since everything is related, everything is like a holographic experience of, of itself, that's going to be true in any endeavor that you have. And yoga practice, Kriya yoga practice is no different in that regard. This episode of the Kriya Yoga podcast was made possible by donations from Kriya Yoga apprenticeship students and supporters of our Patreon community at www.patreon.com forward slash Kriya Yoga.